Welcome to the Boy Meets World podcast. On the line today are the old familiar NBA bartenders Jordan, aka Dr. J. Coots, and Caleb Clearman. These gentlemen join me to weigh in on Damian Lillard's absurdity this week and our thoughts on the rest of the NBA playoff landscape. That plus some Game of Thrones talk. Uh, first time a Thrones discussion has ever been had on these airwaves. Uh, but we aired some grievances with the show and forecasted what's to come. Before we get going, today's episode is brought to you by Loco Cold Brew. Uh, Loco is made with the two things you need the most after tying one on. Coconut water for replenishing electrolytes and cold brew coffee for the caffeine. That's it, as there are no other added ingredients in Loco. One 12-ounce can has as much potassium as a banana and more than two cups of coffee worth of caffeine to get your day going. Loco has a unique flavor that I love and can salvage any hungover Sunday or get you through that 2 p.m. feeling on a slow weekday. Thirsty? Search for Loco Coffee on Amazon, or you can head to drinklococoffee.com and sign up for their newsletter to get 20% off your first order. One more time, that's drinklococoffee.com. Before we start, can, can we play a quick game? This whole thing is a big game, so yeah. It's called Who Tweeted This? Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna read you a tweet and you have to tell me who tweeted it. Okay. Ready? Yes. Wow. All caps. Wow. Kyler Murray just said his favorite movie is The Great Gatsby, my all-time favorite book. He even mentioned the green light across the bay from the movie book that gives him hope. I did not know this about him. His stock just keeps going up. Magic Johnson is my my guess. Dude, that's the first name that came to mind, and I was like, why the hell would he care about It's just as good. It was Skip Bayless. Ah, yes. (laughs) That, <laughs> I feel like Kyler Murray just put that out there to like just catch people like that. <laughs> Although Ky- Kyler's media skills are are uh, work in progress, let's just say. Yeah, that that Dan Patrick interview is one of the weirdest things I've ever listened to. Yeah, that's uh, that's not gonna go anywhere. That'll exist forever. <laughs> with, yeah, with poor Kyler. Um, have they made the pick yet? I don't know. We will uh, anxiously await uh, that, but we're we're live right now, so let's just roll with this. That that, that whole guess guess who tweeted that was uh, was captured and will now be uh, a regular segment because that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, Caleb, uh, welcome. You guys both had big big weeks. Uh, Jordan, you are uh, pretty much a doctor now, which is amazing. And Caleb, you are the proud owner of a Yeti cooler. Um, I don't know which one is more significant. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Me too. I I also appreciate it. <laughs> Both well earned. Uh, Caleb just had to sell some white claws and putt pretty well, and uh, Jordan just had to go through three years of hell. So one of the two uh, is is your victor there. Uh, we are not here to talk about about that, but congrats to you both. We are here to talk mostly about Damian Lillard, um, supernova that is. What was your guys' favorite part about the buzzer beater, other than knowing that I was asleep for the whole thing? Oh man, dude. It was, I mean, the play itself obviously was insane, but then going back and looking at all the reactions to it were crazy. Like my favorite one so far has been, I don't know if you've seen Seth Curry mm-hmm. when he was talking to their bench before yeah. Dame even shot it. That was awesome. And then, and then after it went in, he just turned around at their 
bench and just stared him down for like five, ten seconds. It was great. I did not see that one. I felt like I saw 14 different angles and somehow yeah, missed that the, one. His thing, he was like, oh, Dame's got this. And he was talking shit on the bench or to their bench. And then he made it and he just turned around and stared him down. Seth had a great yeah. game, gotta say. Seth's been he, playing really well. Yeah, he's he's a really good piece for them. What was your favorite part, Caleb? I think my favorite part was um, I I kind of had two favorite parts. the The picture of Dame just staring at the camera is so yeah. good, and then uh, <laughs> Paul George saying it was a bad shot is also incredible. Yeah, which, which honestly I agree with, but. I mean, what are you going to do? He shoots 39% on <laughs> that shot for the season. Yeah, yeah, footers. but that's a ridiculously bad shot. Like, why not get something at least going towards the rim? Like, I know he shoots that, but that that from that distance is one thing. But that doing a step back with Paul George defending you, who contested pretty well, like, that's a bad shot. Yeah, I think everyone's right. And the uh, the worst part about it, the shot, I guess, was that doing it that late in the clock just left nothing for any sort of offensive rebound or anything like that. It was just all pushing, going yeah, literally that... all in on that shot. Um, right. But it just adds to the legend of it. And I think that's kind of what Paul George was saying of like, yeah, it was a crazy ass shot, but that's part of it is it was a horrible shot. Right. Um, yeah. Basketball wise. Yeah. There was, there was like two seconds left and he was still 40 feet away. I was like, I was yelling, like, do something like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was 0% concerned the whole time. That wasn't any sort of rush. That was that was totally the plan. Yeah. Uh, you could I mean, they, they did set that up, though. Like, earlier in the game, in this, the first half when I was watching and he was on fire, uh, I think it was Myers Leonard set a screen for him that was literally at half court. And then Meyer, he gets around the screen and just shoots immediately, like 10 feet away from the, the three-point line. Like, this this was a part of his arsenal for how well he was feeling in that series. For sure, and his when he mentioned that he would work, he was working with his trainer the day before, and he's like, "Just shoot, just shoot some long ones, like just take some 35, 40 footers." And the fact that his trainer was saying, you know, like you might get one of these, you might, you might have to take one of these, you're gonna hit one of these in game. Like I thought that was pretty cool. So obviously, he had the confidence to do it. Yeah, it was, they, it, it was a was awesome. great adjustment during the series that they realized that Adams wasn't gonna come out on those screens. So him and CJ were just shooting pull up threes off the pick and roll the whole series. And it, it felt like they just kept getting deeper and deeper the whole series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was so, so cool. And, and the, the Enos cancer part of it is like subtly one of my favorite things because cancer was literally left for dead by the thunder. Uh, just a couple of years ago was a part of the whole stash right. brothers thing with him and Steven Adams. Uh, and then Portland picks him up off the scrap heap, and he's incredibly valuable for them. Caleb and I were joking last night of how he had done the thing where his his uh, his arm only hurt or his shoulder only hurt on defense, <laughs> uh, yeah. which, which was extremely enus to do, but uh, but it worked. I mean, it, that's all yeah. we needed from it was just rebound. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, great. I would say he outplayed. Adams for the most part of that series. Definitely, uh, he like, was he was working people defense on the defensive glass, like just ending possessions, um, which you have to do against the Thunder. But yep. I think my favorite part of the whole thing is two two things, both Dame related, obviously. But there's been six series ending buzzer beaters ever. Yeah, 
there's uh, Michael Jordan and Damian Lillard own 66% of them. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, that's a pretty crazy stat that he has two of those shots. And I think this one was way better than the Houston one. Yeah. This, this one was just a more dramatic series and just more shit involved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the storyline carrying over from last year, kind of after getting swept, yeah. Uh, to do that in the first round is is pretty incredible. The Dame quote right. in the Chris Haynes story when it, this isn't the quote, but it's just it, how Chris Haynes wrote it. He says, "For several minutes, this is the the night before he's eating dinner. Yeah. For several minutes, the Portland Trailblazers star guard sat quietly on his sofa, chowing down on fried catfish, red beans and rice, and broccoli. And then suddenly he spoke. I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers tomorrow. Like, that was a great, <laughs> that was a great article." It is a great article, an amazing quote that just like halfway through a bite, Damian Lillard is just announcing <laughs> that these motherfuckers are done. <laughs> he had added up to here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, I think they have a le- legit shot against Denver. I, I'm kind of penciling Denver into the, the second round after these last two games, but I think they have a, a pretty good chance to to knock them off. I think so too. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I wanted to, to ask you guys when you were in college amongst uh, Blazers diehards, what was it like when Dame first showed up and was there any indication that this is what the outcome was going to be with what they saw early? I think it was like his junior year when he was his, was his rookie year. I think it was a sounds, freshman year. Sounds... Nah, he was, he was in the, the 2013 draft or 12 draft 13 season. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it was our freshman year. Like I remember watching Marcus Camby. Like he, he wasn't there. It was um, it was sophomore then. Twelve thirteen yeah, was his yeah. was his first sophomore. Year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Camby. Initially, like <laughs> just rookie year, people were ecstatic about him. So I, I think they knew of the potential that he could be early on. And then after his third year, like he's he's been phenomenal ever since. Um, and I mean, five years ago, he hit that shot in, you know, to end, uh, the Rockets playoff series. And ever since then, everyone knew that he could do this sort of thing. Um, what I think is kind of crazy, and this is kind of, kind of more of an ode to, um, Brandon Roy actually is like up until probably this last year, a lot of those guys, like a lot of our diehard Blazer friends, they would still say like Brandon Roy is their favorite Blazer that they ever watched. But now, yeah, like, that has that has turned, and like it's it's Dame for sure. Like he is the player that they are going to remember for the rest of their life. Growing up watching, I mean, you can argue now he's the second best Blazer ever, behind yeah. Myers Leonard. And- <laughs> I would say, I mean, Walton won a title, so I would kind of put him first. Yeah. I mean, his career in Portland itself wasn't incredibly long. And if you look at the stats that, I mean, just going statistically speaking, like Dame has been incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, st- statistics-wise, it's like him and Drexler in pretty much every category. Yeah. I don't know if there's any fan base more deserving of a player like Lillard, who is just zero maintenance, uh, incredibly talented clutch. And it looks like he's going to sign an extension there for all, for, you know, just how the, the, the cards are looking here. Um, given that, I don't know if any other franchise has the, 
the uh, triumvirate of shitty luck with uh, with Odin, Brandon Roy, and Sam Bowie. I don't know if anyone can contend with that. Um, they're like the anti-Cleveland in that regard. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, it kind of had a feeling of what like what's going to happen next when when Aldridge left. Because um, I I would say like we knew Dan was going to be good at that point. I don't think we had any thought he was going to be this good, like a perennial first team caliber type guy. But I mean, he's he's definitely taken the leap to become the face of the franchise, the leader of the team. Yeah. Um, and you could, you could argue that they're in a better place than they were when they had both him and Aldridge. I had this thought today that Portland, this isn't that profound, but Portland could beat Houston, but they could not beat Golden State if it got to that. I mean, is that does that sound about right? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's to the point where they've shown me that they can beat anyone. Whether they can do it in a seven-game series, it's hard to tell. I guess they would have to play really well. They would have to play like they're playing now. And Golden State or Houston, I think, would have to play subpar. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that they could knock off either of those teams. And I think this year, more than any other year, like I would have trouble saying that in years past. But this year, it seems like that team is better. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, these last few games, the Clippers have given the Warriors a lot of problem with the pick and roll too, which is, I mean, primarily what the Blazers are running. Mm-hmm. So, right. I would say that Lillard is better than Lou Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's safe. And, and, but I mean, there's, there's similarities there and there's a toughness part of it too, of why the Clippers are being so successful right now against Golden State that they just don't give a shit who they're up against and are, and are right. made of different, different things. Montreal Harrell, you know, is literally, chewing on screws and bolts for breakfast and then going out and be- beating the Warriors ass every time he's in the game. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there, there's similarities there, but I, I, Caleb was talking about it earlier. I think that they have a great leg up against, against Denver or San Antonio. This is kind of the perfect scenario because I mean, worst, it seems like the path to the Western conference finals is there. And then like Jordan says, you, you know, you just roll the dice at that point. Um, considering where they were last year, getting swept by New Orleans, this could not be going better. And losing losing use of nerve. Yeah, I was going to say considering where they were two weeks ago when right. their starting center snapped his leg in half. Yeah, I did not expect this series to go the way it did at all. Just because I I thought the rotations weren't going to be there with the big guys. I thought Adams was going to be able to do some damage against Cantor. But, I mean, it I, it didn't come down to that at all. It just came down to Damian was by far the best player in the series. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think Denver poses a little more of a challenge, or Denver and San Antonio pose a little more of a challenge than maybe you guys are leading on to believe. But um, I, I just think Denver specifically, they have so many guys and yeah. so many bodies at that two-ish position who they can throw to defend Damian. And CJ. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I mean, Denver's yeah. not an easy series by any means, but I'd much rather be on that side of the bracket than have to play either Houston or the Warriors. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the rest of the West or the West of the playoffs are just, uh, you know, there's that series that's probably the least um, relevant nationally, Portland versus whoever comes out of the, the Denver San Antonio series. But the rest of them 
are huge. And obviously, if you're if you're uh, in the Northwest, the Portland series matters a whole lot to you. So we'll whip around to those uh, in just a second here. But uh, Jordan, I do want to let you in that Caleb and I, before uh, the podcast, were texting, trying to come up with a way to uh, convince you mid-pod that the, the Bears had traded up to number two to take Nick Bosa. Um, the problem was is that they're so shitty and have zero assets to actually make that happen <laughs> that uh, we deemed that task impossible. And there was no feasible trade we could make that would make you believe that that had happened. Yeah, I think you guys probably did the right decision there. I would have called that bluff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was like, they're trading their first next year, their second this year, their third. I was like, I don't think they have they any. They don't have any picks. of that. <laughs> like, I think they have three picks in this draft. I don't know. You actually know what they have, but they have. They don't have a lot. Yeah, th- there was an article in like Chicago.com or something that when I was Googling it, it was like, uh, <laughs> who are some of the Bears' fourth best or best fourth round picks ever? So to get your uh, your hopes up that this might not be a complete waste. Uh, exactly. So yeah. yeah, we were we were fishing for some great uh, on air gold there, but it just uh, it wasn't going to happen. So uh, we'll we'll stick to the to the uh, to the orange ball here. Um, talk about the other series, Houston Golden State. Um, I guess I mean I'm saying that, but there's still inconclusive whether Golden State will be representing them in that series. Um, to me, this. The outcome of this series is completely dependent on how Golden State plays. The outcome of which the, series? The, the Houston, se- the upcoming Houston series. Upcoming Houston series. It, yeah. If, if Golden State comes out and is just revved up, motivated for five straight games, they could get it done in five. Yeah. Yeah. That's. that's I don't know. Houston is really good. Houston right. is playing really well, but it just it just comes down to uh, like watching Houston scrape by when Harden isn't going is not as smooth as it was last year. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think that just shows how much he means to that team and how much he's going to have to do if they want to knock off Golden State. So maybe maybe that I mean. It's, it's hard to call James Harden the X factor, but like if he's on, he's he has that same impact for his team as Dame does when Dame is on for Portland. I mean, he did get his one weird "what the hell is going on with James Harden" game out of the way, and they were still able to win that game. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't think he played exceptionally well, and they still won in in five against Utah, who very well could be the third or fourth best team, eh, fourth or fifth best team in the in the West. So. You know they they are playing at a very very high level, and I I will say that their their uh, resolve is very high. I mean there was there was a question that got asked to Chris Paul last night that was like, you know, who who are you rooting for in that Golden State Clippers game? Um, and mm-hmm. he he was you know people say all the time they they don't care. It legitimately seemed like he don't care. Like they are they are very locked in, uh, and I would say motivated uh, to get past because. At some point, if a team that is completely driven by one player, such as they are, gets as far as they do, there is a lot of buy-in from guys like P.J. Tucker and Austin Rivers uh, oh, yeah. as, as to how this is going to go down. Well, and they, I mean, they have to feel like they let it get away last year with that Game 7. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they still have the mentality that, like, hey, we know we can beat these guys. Like, we still almost 
won that game seven last year and missed 17 straight three-pointers. So I think they had, still have the confidence. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird to say, but I, I feel like they were better, like much better last year, even though they pretty much have this exact same roster. But That's what I was going to say is, do you think this team is any better than than last year's team? And when I look at their roster this year, I mean, they have, they have minor tweaks, but I mean, Kenneth Freed played three minutes this last game. Yeah. Like Austin is a is an important piece or has been an important piece for them off the bench off the bench. Like it just doesn't seem they were they're as deep this year as they were last year, I guess. Yeah, I don't no. know. I, I feel like Fareed could be a guy when the Warriors go death lineup that they could throw out there though. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll need him to rebound and, and just, you know, get possessions for them. But I do think with Houston, their default went to Durant last year. They could throw Ariza at him, and then the the the, the plan B was uh, was Mbamute, and that I mean that might have cost Houston was that Mbamute wasn't healthy, and they were throwing out just you know a, a carcass of a person and wasting those minutes um, yeah. at that point. But but the Ariza versus Daniel House thing, I think, is the big difference this year. Is that Ariza was was skilled and obviously had the body type to get it done uh, and experienced. House is playing well, fits the role well, um, but they just, it, you know, there's a difference in terms of acumen that he he just doesn't have the defensive reps that that Ariza does to to bother KD. I would think. Yeah, I think House is a is better offensively right now than Ariza was last year. That's though. true. That's true. Yeah, definitely more reliable. Um, but yeah, it, it just to me it seems like Houston's gonna need a lot from, like they're gonna need an Austin Rivers game, uh, where he yeah. goes off for twenty five yeah. to make it happen. But a healthy Chris Paul for seven games, uh, hopefully might make the difference. Yeah, that would be nice. Who knows? Maybe maybe Shumper plays off the bench or PJ Tucker does enough to uh, bother KD. Granted, it was two years ago, but I I did feel like Cleveland's best shot for guarding the, the year. At, so in 2017, the year after Richard Jefferson had retired, their best shot for guarding Durant was Shumpert. Um, right. And they haven't used him at all. So we'll see if he, if he comes out, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun one. And obviously that might be, uh, I don't know. Do you think Houston's the, the best shot left to take down the Warriors or does that team lie in the East? Uh, man, I don't even know. Like right now, the way Portland's playing, I would say Portland's got pretty good, or at least as good a shot as anyone. Um, but I, for me, the East is just, it's too hard to tell at this point because I have no idea who's going to come out of there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Bucks are the biggest threat, but I, I'm also not 100% confident saying the Bucks are even going to be there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's break down that series real quick. Uh, Boston, Milwaukee. My first thought with that is that. However, Boston defends uh, uh, Giannis will be how uh, the next two teams that if Milwaukee wins that series, um, uh, the next two teams defend him. Yeah, well, they're definitely not going to defend him how the Pistons did. <laughs> that was that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a formality at best. Yeah, that was a joke. Uh, is there yeah. something to be said though that Boston actually had to play somewhat of a real series and dial in? even though it was also four games then Milwaukee really didn't uh, that Boston might be able to jump a game or two in the first two games. Uh, yeah, I think that's a possibility. I also think Milwaukee, like they've, they, a lot of them haven't been there before. So I feel like this could kind of work in their favor. It's like, we don't care. We're just going to go out and play. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah. their, their defense has been 
really good the last few weeks of the season and then that last series and and Gordon Hayward looks like Gordon Hayward again so that's definitely a a huge plus for them as well yeah the uh the 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 benefit I guess of the Marcus Smart injury was that it put everyone into a more easy role and kind of got them back to where they were almost last year where last year was really just like the 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 Rozier Tatum Brown Horford uh, sometimes Bane and Bane's and then smart rotation where it was real thin yeah. um, and a little bit thinner this year, but obviously with Kyrie and Hayward this year, losing one guy, you're still up one from that. Um, Kyrie, I will say in that Indiana play, series played harder defensively than I've ever seen him play, um, which told me that, that he can kind of sense the, uh, the opportunity here to really cement a legacy um, with the team that he has right now. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah man, he he's locked in for sure. I mean, he was he was doing like chase down block attempts, like things that I I don't see him do very often, um, and doesn't have to do. That's not his role. But seeing Smart go out and him kind of step up to that was was uh, was definitely interesting. Yeah, and th- that might be a, another big piece of it is he just feels like he has to maintain that defensive intensity without Smart there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the other maybe another part of that is it's easy, or I would think it's easier to do that on a guy like Collison, who you're just not really that afraid of from the point guard position. Yeah, like it's not like going over the, out, out there and doing that against an all star. Yeah, you can be a little bit more more risk taking uh, against exactly. you know uh, Christian or Corey Joseph and, and Darren Collison than you can against. Uh, uh, well, Eric Bledsoe, it's going to be come down to can Eric yeah, Bledsoe not, that's, not that's uh, kind of the big hurdle like he did last series. Right. Yeah. To me, that's the biggest – like Giannis is going to be Giannis, but I think that point point guard matchup is kind of the the big X factor of this series. Like if if Bledsoe is a plus, then then I think the Bucks can easily win. But if he's not – at the level he needs to be and Kyrie is consistently outplaying him, then I think Boston can definitely steal a few games. Yeah. And if they don't have Brogdon to go to in that case where, where Bledsoe is, is, uh, is not at his best. Um, and that Brogdon injury, I know he's out for the, at least the first two games, but, uh, we'll see if it's more, uh, let's talk about Philly and Toronto and I'll lead with a question here. And, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just let the question do its the talking for itself. Ben Simmons or Pascal Siakam? You got to pick one for this series. Yeah, just going uh, forward, pick one guy that you want on your team. Um, based on the matchups, honestly, Siakam. Yeah, I think like what Kawhi can do on Simmons if that's the matchup they want to exploit, or whether they put Siakam on Simmons. Like, I think. I think uh, either or I think Siakam is is will have a more favorable role if that, that's what happens. I would assume they put Kawhi on Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Well, yeah, I, and then got Harris too. So they got. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they, uh, I think Marcus Hall is about to have his Paul Pierce. That's why they brought me here moment um, <laughs> with with this series for for being able to guard Embiid. Um, and I mean, he shut and be just eating his lunch. He's going to try, but I think that, that Gasol is just, is just a little bit more, 
savvy and and ready for that moment than uh than jared allen was last series for sure yeah and just sheer size like he's a bigger man yeah yeah and Bede was a monster in the games he played last series that like what do you have he had like 32 and 17 that one game it was just like by far the best player on the court if, if is it healthy if philly wins game one in toronto is there logic behind sitting Embiid? The only way you do that is if you like aren't confident that he's not a hundred percent. But if he's good to go, or if he's even ninety percent, then I, I you gotta play him. Like that's too dangerous of a situation to put yourself in. At this point, though, would you be like even surprised if the Sixers won the first game in Toronto? <laughs> now, I, I'm kind of treating that as a as a as a finality. Like Toronto hasn't won a game one seemingly in my entire lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Right. <laughs> let's play. Uh, let's play a quick game of blank and blank uh, for the next for those four series. Um, you tell me who wins that series and in how many games. Uh, Caleb for Houston and. Uh, just Golden State with an asterisk, asterisk next to it. Uh, I still think it's Golden State in six. Jordan? Golden State in seven. Uh, God. I'm going to go Houston in seven. Uh, I think yeah. they, they, have a, they have a mission, but it would be very Houston for them to lose in the Western Conference Finals after that. Uh, <laughs> Boston, Boston, Milwaukee, blank and blank, Jordan. These East ones, so tough. Boston, seven. Whoa. Oof. I think your boy's going to be a game four, so that's going to be a win. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For who? For for Boston. I, I, I'm undefeated in, in uh, TD Garden playoff games. You're going to root for Boston over Giannis? I don't have to root for anything. I just, I'm in the arena and they win. Oh, got <laughs> Okay. What do you? I've got Bucks and seven. Okay. Man, yeah. if it gets to a game seven, that I think that's a huge win for Boston. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Jordan Shamrocks and seven. Yeah, we go Boston. So we so did we just all go Boston? No, uh, I picked. Bucks. Okay. Yeah, Bucks Kill- and seven though. Caleb, Caleb uh, doesn't fear the deer. Uh, Phil, blank and blank for the Philly Toronto series. Jordan. Uh, I think Toronto's got it. Toronto in six. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I just don't trust Philly. Yeah. I'm gonna. I I don't trust Philly so much that I'm gonna say Toronto in five. Whoa. <laughs> I I just think Philly is is a bunch of front runners and Toronto is uh literally made for for this type of team where it's just cycling yeah. cycling against one-on-one type offense uh they have a bunch of guys who can handle all of their guys um I mean they killed Orlando in the four games after losing like they killed them and they were so much better yeah I th- they I should this is but this they- might be Brett Brown's last series uh as the Sixers coach Blank and blank, uh, Denver, Portland. Yeah, you're gonna give it to Denver. 
<laughs> I should probably check that score right now. They're down six with 47 seconds left in the first. But Denver's down, down six? Denver's down six. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, yeah, I think that's too early to to call just based on San Antonio's history. Um, if it's Denver, let's make two. If it's Denver, I'm going Portland in seven. If it's San Antonio, Portland in six. I think it's Portland in six either way. I think yeah. Portland is better than – I mean, if they play like they did this last series, I think they're better than both of those teams. Yeah, I think Portland at six makes sense because game uh, – no, never mind. Seven actually makes a lot of sense because that would be a game in Denver or San Antonio for game six. Um, right. Wait, yeah, for six? I like, I no, like, no, no, Denver, Denver would be – Oh, you're right, seven. you're right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I like Portland at six against Denver. Denver. And then Portland at seven against San Antonio. Okay, so you're going with, with the home win. They will gotcha. finish at home, yeah. Uh, Caleb, how much time do you have uh, to absorb my my Game of Thrones hot take here? Give it to me. I I am a pretty rational guy. I think both of you would would agree with that. Um, I am, sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> depends, I guess. Um, I've I've never been on this much of a of a take island as I am right now uh, about my feelings about the episode two of this Game of Thrones season. I was. I was like, why are we kumbaya and crackers right now when <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry and bigger questions to answer and everyone is, is in love with last episode? I, I, I'm, this is I don't think uncharted you're on territory for me. I don't think you're on that much of an island with that take. Okay, that's comforting. I think, I think they're more trying to instill you know, some warmth and happiness and good in the world before shit hits the fan. I think that was the purpose of that episode. You guys, you guys realize what's going to happen next week, right? It's going to be a blood I mean, fest. Okay, so they keep they keep saying all the women and children need to go down into the crypts because it will be safe. They're toast. What What's in crypts, Brandon? Uh, I'll take dead people for a thousand, Caleb. And what does the Night King do, Jordan? They bring them to life. Well, y- yeah. Bring them up. <laughs> All the people technical. in the clip are super screwed. Super screwed, yes, for sure. Baby Sam, Toast, Gilly, Toast, uh, everyone who's down there. Which, does that include, is, will Sansa be down there? I don't know. I don't know. I'd kind of assume she's in her own little area. You know what I'm looking forward to? If John has to kill zombie Ned Stark. I think uh, I think that's Arya's job. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think Arya's new spear is gonna help her save the day down there, keep everybody safe, kind of safe. Um, we'll see some casualties, but and maybe maybe Ghost gets involved. I think that's a good role for Ghost the dog um, out there on the uh, battlefield. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him, but down in the crypts seems seems more his game. I don't think we're gonna see Ghost again. I don't think we're going to see Ghost again. Living or just in general? No, like it. I was reading an article that the the like CGI to have him in scenes is like a ridiculous amount of money. So they only put him in that last scene last week. And I don't know if you noticed, but he like wasn't moving 
because that's like the cheapest way to do it. <laughs> that's crazy. They have dragons. Like, yeah, they that's spend all the money on the said. dragons. What is yeah. so? That's what. That's why he like wasn't in the last season at all, or the last season before that. I think that the yeah. uh, maybe, maybe like, ghosts like appearance fees are too high. Like it's an actual dog, but they're just his agent <laughs> is putting it out there that like yeah, it's the CGI, uh, but really. <laughs> Really, in the the backroom deals, everyone knows that that uh, Ghost is just a really, really high maintenance dog. That's, <laughs> that'd be that'd be hilarious. Maybe that's my hotter take. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I am getting mad at Game of Thrones episode two of this last season for crimes that were committed well before that in terms of how they mismanaged time and plot. Um, and so, what I'm mad at Game of Thrones for not answering questions or answering them quickly, uh, it's because of they already, they already effed this up a long time ago. I thought the scene around the fire was really good. It was good, but let me ask you this, or just like break this sequence down. Bran and Tyrion are are uh, sitting there, and, and Tyrion's like, I want to hear your story. And Bran's like, it's a long one. And Tyrion's like, if only we had all the time in the world and we're in a castle. And it's like, okay, we're about to hear a lot. Next scene, Bran is somehow with Jamie in that same room. Br- or no, sorry, Tyrion is with Jamie in that same room. Bran is gone. Uh, right. Bran, it's not like Bran's moving quick. I, I really don't know how that went down. Like, did Bran just say, "And eh, I don't actually want to tell you that story," and then wheelchaired himself out? Like, what? What did we miss there? Um, yeah, because that could have been an awesome conversation. Right. Yeah, I would have liked to hear some of that because I feel like there was some. There was some there had to be something that Bran told Tyrion that's like, could change the events that will happen. And maybe that's why Tyrion was so stoked and is just like, yeah, let's all just get effed up. Like, I, I don't care. Like maybe Bran's just like, yeah, I got this. It'll be totally he fine. Was, he was the one person who said like, I think we'll live. Yeah. And yeah. But why does that conversation have to happen off screen? And I, I guess if we come back to it and we get like some tape of like, exactly. this is what actually happened, then I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it was just a waste of a scene, and there's a lot of those that they're hopefully or they're trying to add. Yeah, but uh, okay. Well, I, I don't feel as as nuts as I did because I was I was seeing a lot of like uh, you know people who didn't like Game of Thrones episode two. You know, those are the people just like explosions and fireworks, and it's like I'm not that guy. I do like explosions and fireworks, but I knew that that's what episode three was going to be about. Um, so. I, I don't know. I was a little I was a little lost, but yeah. I, uh, I mean, I was hoping we got more, but I feel like they the right move would have been to like combine the first and second episodes. Yeah, episode one really sucked. I think is what what. Uh, but I thought I thought parts of episode one were really cool, and I thought parts of episode two were really cool. But there was yeah, just like a, a lot of filler that yeah. we didn't necessarily need. But at the same time, I feel like that's kind of been what what the show has been about you know it's always been about the dialogue and like story building so i get why they don't want to just have like six battle episodes i just wanted one like little brand flashback to explain some night king origin story i think i'm fine with that i need more of that definitely yeah otherwise we're like him just being like yeah he just he just wants to see the world burn he just wants to kill me like yeah, I, that, that was that was just given to us a little too cheaply. I thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Agreed. We're better than that. We are. We we deserve more. I guess we'll we'll see. Yeah. No, we're worth, gentlemen. 
Uh, All right, who's, who's the first person to die next week? Grey Worm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Grey Worm's uh, gonna get cut off the drip. He's he's like he's like uh, front line. Yeah. Not ready for this, but takes one. Who is gonna be the first person to die twice? Is what I really want to know. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> oh. Like they come back as a White Walker and then someone kills him again. Yeah, and then Jorah has to be like, "Damn it!" And... <laughs> Maybe I'm going out on a limb, but uh, uh, the dragon. Oh, Viser- oh, like the already once dead, Viser- the already dead. once dead dragon. Yeah, I think the I Night King is taking the. It's gonna roll in with the dragon in the first battle. I think I think we'll the Night King is flying first class to King's Landing. <laughs> yeah, too. Why not? He's like, he's. But he's... do we even like know that he knows King's Landing is a thing? That's true. I don't like. Know. Brand made it sound like his like whole purpose in life is to just go kill Brand. Which I feel like he could have got done a lot sooner if he really wanted to. I don't, yeah. I don't quite. Yeah. Like that. Like yeah. Hodor, congrats! You really held it down. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> But but after Hodar's toast there, it's not like Bran on a sled really got that far away from. <laughs> yeah, with like a little girl carrying. <laughs> yeah, like that army is just like keep going. You'll you'll get him in like an hour. Well, <laughs> you know, split up. You guys take this side. We'll take that side. We would have found him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all dumb at this point. But I just want to be want to be given some justice. That's that's all I want. I think we'll, we'll we'll get it by the end of the season. I just don't know what the last three episodes are going to be. Like, that's that's going to be the like. I feel like the episode four is just going to be a bunch of people staring at each other and be like, "That was nuts! Wow!" Yeah, <laughs> are we going to get like two straight episodes of not seeing Cersei and like what's going on down there? I think I feel like the whole next episode is just going to be a battle, right? I think we'll know in five seconds. Like it, like if if. It starts in Winterfell next week or on Sunday. Like it's not leaving. Yeah, but if we start yeah. elsewhere, uh, it's it's gone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this was good. This was good. I um, I think that we gave Dame his his proper credits. I think that uh, we decided the rest of the playoffs are a total crapshoot, and um, I don't feel as nuts about Game of Thrones as I did. So appreciate that, cool. guys. Yeah, yeah. Solid afternoon. Yeah, my weeks are, are is almost getting as good as yours. Uh, again, congrats, congrats to you both on uh, on your big accomplishments. Hey, but good to talk to you guys. See ya. Peace, Later. Later.